Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God as we find it written in Paul's second letter to Timothy. Read there in the second chapter, beginning at the eighth verse. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sakes, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, dear friends in Christ Jesus, you who are here in God's house, and you also, Christian friends, who are worshiping with us by means of the radio. Today, the second Sunday in May, as you know, is Mother's Day. Some of you have the honor of having your mother in church with you this morning. Some of you will visit your mother sometime today. Some of you will call your mother and speak with her before this day is brought to an end. Some of you have written to your mother and have expressed your love and your endearment to her. Others of us today have only mothers of memory. On this Mother's Day, I ask myself the question, what shall I say to you today, Christian mother? What shall be my message to you when I am assured that our nation's number one problem is this one, our youth, and again, a growing lawlessness? against decency and order. What shall I say to you this morning, Christian mother, when I am told that our chief problem is our young people and growing immorality and the social diseases which go with it? What shall I say to you this morning? What shall I say to you this morning when I am told that our greatest need and our greatest perplexing problem is our youth and the growing crime rate. What shall I say to you, Christian mother? Christian mother, you may be saying this to yourself today. You may say, I know as a Christian mother I've got the word of God that I am to give to my child. But you may be losing confidence in it. You may be saying to yourself, if only it had more power, if only it had more dynamite, if only it had more energy. It doesn't seem to be adequate. It doesn't seem to do the job that I am called upon to do with my child or with my children. You may be losing confidence in the power and the efficacy 
of that word. To you, Christian mother, I would like to give Paul's answer as we find Paul writing in his second letter to Timothy. If you recall, Paul was in jail in Rome when he wrote these words. And he wrote to young Timothy and he said to Timothy, Timothy, remember this, that I have preached the risen Christ. That's the heart of my gospel. And then he said, Timothy, because of that, I have endured many hardships. He says, I have even been put in chains as a common prisoner. And then he said, but the word of God is not in chains, Timothy. The word of God is not bound. It isn't held up. And Christian mother, today I want to tell you this about the word of God that you have. It is not in chains. It is not bound. It is not held down. It is not tethered. That word of God, there's nothing wrong with it. It is absolutely adequate. It's got all the power and the energy and the dynamite so that there is no reason in God's world for your child or children ever to grow up and to grow up for a life of immorality and incest, a life of crime and a life of disregard for law and for order. That word of God is not bound, Paul says, thank God. It is not in chains. Do you have confidence, Christian mother, in the word of God that it's not bound? May I assure you it is not in chains. It is absolutely adequate. There is nothing lacking because the Holy Spirit works in the word of God. God, the third person of the Trinity, the word assures us, he works in the word of God and listen, because he does. There is nothing more that he could do with the word of God than what he does. Don't lose confidence in the power and the efficacy and the adequacy of the word of God. I'd like to remind you, Christian mother, in the first place of this fact, that the Holy Spirit, through the word and water, he still causes your child or children to be born again. Has baptism somehow or other failed? Or isn't that a tremendous thing that the Holy Spirit does through the word? Bear in mind that baptism is still the word of God. It's the word of God added to water. And bear in mind when Nicodemus was talking to Jesus that night, that Jesus told Nicodemus, if you want to get into the kingdom, you've got to be born again. Just to be born physically is not enough. And therefore, Christian mother, because your child was born physically, that's not enough. Jesus says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that's sinful. And your child, as you know, came into this world subject to death, and it was a sinner. Not that it had done wrong, but it came into the world in a condition of sin. And yet Jesus says, it must be born again. Bear in mind that the Holy Spirit, by means of the Word of God and lowly water, causes your child or children to be born again, a spiritual birth, raised from death to life, spiritually speaking. And that in that baptism that the Holy Spirit still, through the Word of God and water, he kindles faith in your child's heart. Oh, it's not a conscious faith, but in that faith in Christ, your child's sins are forgiven. Your child is delivered from eternal death. Your child has eternal life. I ask you this morning, Christian mother, could the Holy Spirit do any more than that? 
as he does in baptism. And then in baptism, because there is a faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit places Christ in the heart of your child or children, and he watches over that child that Satan and the fallen angels shall never grasp that soul away from that infant for themselves. Do you believe in guardian angels? Don't you realize, Christian mother, that the Holy Spirit, through this tremendous word, when by baptism Christ comes into the heart of your child, that Christ stands there and he says to Satan, Oh, no, you don't. You leave this soul alone. This soul belongs to me. I ask you on Mother's Day, do you think that the Holy Spirit could do more than that? than what he does in baptism. And then let's look at you this morning. If there is something inadequate, if we are losing confidence, if there is something missing, may I first of all tell you, have this confidence that it's not in the Word. The Word of God is not in chains, Paul said. It's not bound, it's not tethered, it's not held fast. When you realize that the Word of God, it's got everything. Therefore, that there's no reason why your child or children should ever grow up for lives of immorality or incest or lawlessness or crime. Then will you see to it that your child or children are baptized and that you treat them as baptized children. In the Old Testament, the child, the male, was circumcised on the eighth day. It was early. And therefore, again, it ought to be early in the life of your child, Christian mother, when you bring that child to holy baptism, when that child is born a second time of water and the Word of God by means of the Holy Spirit, when Christ moves into that child's heart, and Christ holds on, and Satan doesn't take that soul, and doesn't grasp it away from Jesus. And then will you see to it that you treat that child as a baptized child ought to be treated. You know, Christian mother, it's strange, the children that come to me sometimes, and they're starved for love. Why is it the children come and say, I've never seen my mother kiss my daddy. I have never seen daddy kiss my mother. I don't know what it is to be kissed by my mother. I don't know what it means to be tucked in bed with a goodnight kiss at night. I had an adult sit in my office one day and he cried like a child. And he said to me, I'm hearing things I've never heard in my life. I don't know what a Christian home is. Believe me, I don't. He sat there and he sobbed. I don't know what it is to have a mother that ever kissed me. You know, during the Korean conflict on the cover of Life magazine, do you remember it? There was a picture of a Korean refugee, a little boy, about the size of my oldest grandchild today. And they said, the little boy that never smiled. Can you imagine a little boy that could never smile? Yes, he lost everything. Father and mother, sisters and brothers, and a little waif about five or six years of old. They gave him ice cream and they gave him all kinds of candy. And he couldn't smile because he didn't know what love meant. And it took months until finally, oh, that picture has haunted me, to find that little Korean waif, he learned how to smile.
What kind of soil, Christian mother, do you have in your home for your baptized children who belong to Christ? Is it a little bit of heaven on earth, or is it a living hell? If it's a living hell, let me tell you this morning, there isn't anything else that you can do that is going to erase that kind of a background if your child doesn't have love and is starved. Why, even the sunflower, when the sun shines with its radiancy and warmth, it turns to the sun. Your child, I'm asking you, bringing it right down in your home and mind, is there any love? Is it a little bit of heaven on earth? Could that be what is lacking? If it is, God pity you, Christian mother. You say to me, what can I say to a Christian mother today when we are told the nation's number one problem is that of youth and growing immorality and growing incest and growing lawlessness? And again, growing immorality and crime. And you as a Christian mother can say, and here we got the word of God, but there seems to be something lacking. It, it doesn't seem to have what it ought to have. It doesn't have the zip. It doesn't have the punch. It doesn't have the dynamic, doesn't it? Paul in jail told young Timothy, thank God the word is not in chains. It's not bound. It's not tethered. Oh, the word of God's got everything. Don't lose confidence, Christian mother, in the Word of God because the Holy Spirit works in the Word of God. That means in the second place, have confidence in it because the Holy Spirit still through this Word, He feeds that faith of your child or your children. Yes, you see, you are the one to teach the child the Word of God. Do you realize, Christian mother, that as you take time to teach your child about this Christ, in whose name your child was baptized, this Jesus living within him, that that faith and that confidence begins to grow as you tell him the story about Bethlehem and as you still tell him the story about Jesus that died on the cross for him and as you tell him the beautiful story about the resurrection of Jesus, do you realize that as you, the great teacher and the first teacher that comes to your child, do you realize what the Holy Spirit does through that word of God as you teach that child why the Holy Spirit working through the word, he causes that faith and that confidence to grow larger and larger larger and larger until that child he grows in love for Christ and in love for heaven I talked to a little four-year-old boy one day I was making a call at the home and he was riding his bicycle out in the street and I said you better get on the sidewalk you may get run over and you may be killed and he looked up at me and all the seriousness of a four-year-old and he rather smiled and he says then I would be with Jesus in heaven wouldn't I Oh, what a faith. Oh, what a faith. And Christian mother, you think there's something lacking in the Word of God? You think that as you teach this Word of God that there is nothing that you can do, that this Word is inadequate, that somehow or other your child or your children must grow up to live lives of immorality and incest and lawlessness and in crime? Oh, the Word of God, it's not in chains. What more could the Holy Spirit do 
in the case of your child or your children, and to have that faith blossom forth in a real confidence that heaven is real. And to whom is heaven more real than to a little child? Oh, I, I ask you today on Mother's Day, have confidence in the word of God. It's not bound. It is not in chains. Then and only then will you be willing to simply, you will be willing to submit and endure anything for the salvation of your child or your children. Paul wrote to Timothy, because the word of God is not bound, Paul says, I am willing to undergo anything that the cause of the gospel, that men may know Christ and eternal life. I ask you this morning, Christian mother, how far are you willing to go in the price that your children will grow in Jesus Christ? You know, we all like to see animal acts, don't we, on television? And I think most of you know I've got a dog, and you may wonder, how come the dogs can do some of the wonderful things that they do? Did you ever talk to an animal trainer, to a dog trainer, and ask him how this thing happens? He'll tell you this, he says, when you train an animal or when you train a dog, there must be no variations. It's got to be the same way all the time. My dog's name is Punkin. I get up early, far earlier than most of you, anywhere from 4.30 to 5, a little after, because I can study in those hours, and you aren't calling me at those hours, and I'm not so much disturbed. But after studying, I go down and I have a cup of coffee. My dog, Pumpkin, lies there when I'm drinking that first cup of coffee, and he never moves. But just as soon as I get up and pick up that cup and go for the second cup, he's up and he's alert. Why? Because he knows at that time I wake the missus. And as long as that routine never varies, just as soon as I pick up that cup, Punkin knows, that's the time to wake the missus. Have you, Christian mother, learned to put first things first? You know, in catechism, I have kids come and say, I can't come to catechism because I've got to take a dancing lesson. We're not arguing about dancing, though. They can't come because there's a ball game or because it's the swimming lesson or because uh, they've got to do this or they've got to collect for their newspapers, all nice things. But Christian mother... Are you willing to undergo anything that you finally get this thing straightened out, that first things come first? I had an interesting thing happen just several months ago. These kids that had science displays, you know, that they were to prepare, and some of them got pretty nice ratings, and that meant some Saturdays. One of our mothers told one of the daughters in the confirmation class she was not going on Saturday because Saturday was catechism class. And she was not going unless Reverend Hollinson excused her. Now, you may argue, mother, and say, oh, that mother was rather extreme and that mother was this or that. But listen, I'd like to assure you that there is a daughter who for the rest of her life will remember that one day her mother taught her in a great way that there is something bigger than science displays, well as they are. 
I think that young lady learned something. Oh, in case you're interested, I excused her, yes. But I'm just asking you, Christian mother, what comes first in your family? Is it Christ when Sunday comes? Is it the rule in love that all of you are in church and you're worshiping? Or is it the exception? And when there is variation, are you not screaming aloud to your child in the greatest letters possible? You don't have to go to church. You don't have to hear the word of God. It doesn't make any difference. I'm asking you. Christian mother, are you willing to pay the bill? What comes first in your home and mind? Oh, I mean you do it in love. In catechism, one of the tenacious things I fight for is that I assure those kids I love them. Regardless of what happens, I never embarrass one child. I love them. Why? Because I know with it all, if they don't know that I love them, I've lost my influence. And what's worse than a minister to lose influence with the young kids? You say, this is Mother's Day. What shall I say to you, Christian mother? If, again, the great problem today in our country is not communism, but it's our young people. It's a growing lawlessness, a growing immorality. It's a growing crime wave. You may say, how can you stem the tide? The word of God doesn't seem adequate. It, it doesn't seem to have the zip. It doesn't have, again, the effervescence, the power, the dynamic, doesn't it? Paul says, I may be in change, but thank God the word of God is not in change. It's not bound. It's not tethered. Why don't you know, Christian mother, the Holy Spirit works in the word of God? And I would remind you that means in the third place that the Holy Spirit still today he sharpens by means of the word that conscience of your child or your children. This thing called conscience, you know, the Bible tells us that when God created our first parents, he wrote in their hearts his law, the knowledge of right and wrong. That was conscience. There was the knowledge already by creation inherent in them. And even though they fell into sin, there is a remnant of that knowledge within all of us. All of us have a conscience. And we are never to violate that conscience. But that conscience needs to be fed. It needs to be sharpened. Do you realize, Christian mother, that when you fulfill the role that is yours as a teacher, you are the greatest teacher your child will ever have. You may not be the best, but you'll be the greatest because you're there first. That when you teach that child, especially the Ten Commandments, that the Holy Spirit through the law is sharpening that conscience and making it sensitive to right and wrong. And when the Holy Spirit makes that conscience sensitive, the Holy Spirit puts into that heart of your child or children a fear of the Lord, a dread of doing something wrong. I ask you this morning, what more do you want the Holy Spirit to do than to put the fear of the Lord, a sensitive conscience, by means of the Word of God, in the heart of your child or your children? You may say, why isn't it forced? Because God doesn't force morality. God made you and me with choice. You know, a mother called me one day, 
She wanted me to remonstrate with her daughter and bawl her out, and this was the reason. They decided on Sunday that they were going to go on a pleasure jaunt. And the little girl said, no, because I know that you will not be going to church, and I'm going to church. And the mother called me and she says, I want you to tell my daughter who's boss in this family, whether she's boss or whether I'm boss. Then I said to that mother, Mother, far be it from me to undermine your authority as a mother. But when you want me to bawl out your daughter because your daughter's conscience said on Sunday I go to church and you told her not to go to church, we ought rather to obey God rather than man. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you, Christian mother, to ask your child to go against her conscience, to do wrong that you knew was wrong. Mother's Day. Oh, you've got a job, haven't you? You've got a tremendous job, your role. I hope today that I can write it on your soul that there's nothing wrong with the Word of God. Paul says the Word of God is not in chains, it's not bound, it's not tethered. There's no reason in God's world as far as the Word of God is concerned because the Holy Spirit works there. Why your child or children must grow up and live lives of immorality or incest or lawlessness. Write it on your soul to have confidence in the Word. And when you have confidence in the Word, then you will build a reserve. When the day of crisis comes and you won't be with your kids. There came on the campus of Cappy University a new professor in the sociology department. I had him for economics. We became quite friendly, and since I remained for seminary and we lived in the same building, we became quite intimate friends, and then I learned a bit of his history. He had been in the seminary of his church, and as sometimes happens, he rebelled against every bit of it. He hated God. He hated Christ. He was rid of all things that had to do with religion. The virgin birth, the death of Jesus, resurrection meant nothing. He had thrown it all over gone out as far as the world was concerned to live with the world. But he was a brilliant chap. Well, we used to take walks at night because that's what you do. You had been at camp. Why, you know how you can walk up Drexel abroad and over to Columbia and down Columbia. And we used to walk at night to get the cobwebs out of our minds. And we took to singing a couple of nights just to be doing something different. We sang a number of hymns that we sang, and one night we sang a hymn that he had learned as a child, and I had two in German. Maybe some of you know it. Gott ist die Liebe, er liebt auch mich, drum sag ich noch einmal. Gott ist die Liebe, er liebt auch mich. God is love, he loves me also. Well, we sang that, and we'd sing loud because nobody was around. And I looked over at him, and I noticed he was crying. 
And I noticed there were abundance of tears coming down his face. And I looked over at him and I said, what's wrong? And he looked at me and he said, you know, he said, I'd give up everything, but he said, there's something that holds me. My mother taught me that song as a kid. And he said, she couldn't be wrong. She must have been right. She believed it. And the only thing that's keeping me from throwing myself headlong into the world, he said, is what my mother taught me as a kid. Gott ist die Liebe, er lieb auch me. Oh, you know the time's going to come, Christian mother, you can't be with those kids. But oh God, if you fulfill your role, and you do it in love, when they stand up against the world and this temptation comes to lawlessness and incest and immorality and crime, but they can remember the word of God that you as their mother put into their hearts and the Holy Spirit did his best. Last August I visited my mother's grave and I stood there and naturally I reminisced and I went back and I said to myself, I, I can't remember a time in my childhood but what my mother told me I was going to be a minister. She literally prayed me into the ministry. I don't remember the time but what she talked to me about the ministry. No one ever spoke against the ministry to my mother. If you ever wanted to tackle the wrong person, just say something about the ministry to my mother. And you had a fight in your hands that you wished you had never started. It was tenacious. And I've often thought to myself, as I did as I stood at my mother's grave, I wonder just what would have happened to me if I hadn't been prayed into the ministry. God alone knows. But Christian mother, listen. If you've got a home where there's love, and you are fulfilling that role that God gave you, the greatest career in all the world, this word of God and you're teaching it to your kids and they have learned what love is and they know how to sing oh you've got it made kids like to sing to their mothers on Mother's Day and oh what a joy to hear them sing with love Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Christian mother, God bless you in your confidence in the word and a happy Mother's Day to all of you. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all human understanding, keeping unites your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.